don't you think we have bigger problems right now? Ahoy there, me hearties. It's Aaron here from D&D Valiant Odyssey, the greatest podcast to ever live the seven seas. No, I'm Aaron, the Dungeon Master of D&D Valiant Odyssey. Hello, guys. You're here for another episode, and I'm with the Crown Killers. Their pirate crew absolutely cut in half. They are currently on their way to the lair of Demos Tortuga to try and teach that boy a lesson. One might say it's a turtle disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you get... (laughs) Uh, You're going to reintroduce your characters for our amazing listeners. And as you do so, you are going to answer the question, if your character had a pirate's accessory, what would it be? Uh, My name is Kyle. I play Jesui Undu, who is a rogue fighter, gunslinger, high elf, so he thinks he's better than all. And I reckon he'd have like a detachable hand. So like you could put a hook in there or you could screw like, one of his pistols in there or like, you know, uh, bedroom accessories that may vibrate on there. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like, you know, just make it handy. Like, ah. And we call you Handy Andy. <laughs> Captain no, Andy. No, no Captain <laughs> Andy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we have Tom. Uh, hi, I'm Tom. I play Marlux Beyond again. He is a barbarian berserker who's also a bogan. And if he had to pick a... Uh, accessory i'd say like a you know like a super flash you know like the the blue coat with the the gold tassels on the shoulders mm. you know like a, a commodore's yeah, yeah. commodore's commodore's, yeah, yeah. commodore's Big get color, up like, yeah massive yeah, color yeah gotcha easy you know what's funny about those though the shoulder pauldrons with the tassels will look exactly like his hair like it'll, yeah. just, it'll sit the way <laughs> the front the long at the back is just perfect golden mane and he uh, it just like instinctively knife hand everyone that he spoke to you mean his <laughs> you mean his shoulder mullets <laughs> make oh. it one of those billowing tail coats as well so yeah. you actually have like a, you'll be called Captain Mullet <laughs> just, oh, <laughs> yes. mullets everywhere happy right. to make that canon uh, hi Michael. guys Michael I play Druid the ugly human druid and as far as accessories go he would absolutely have a bird or parrot that he would train to talk on his shoulder just being an animal lover, he'd have a parrot for his parrot if he could. <laughs> Just parrot Jenga, stacking parrots on top of parrot. Ah, hail and well met adventurers. I am Matthew. I play Shavi, the rogue assassin of the group. And if he had a pirate accessory, it would be an eye patch because they are the coolest. And you want to know why they're the coolest? Because they are. I uh, <laughs> got him. <laughs> got him. Do you know that eye patches, like as a pirate accessory, weren't so much for hiding like missing eyes? They were more to keep uh, uh, night vision in one eye as they went from deck to below deck and the change so they could see. So when they actually went below deck, they'd probably switch it over and they could see in the they could see quicker in the dark. We need to create a spin-off podcast called Fun Facts with Kyle. <laughs> Every time I have him on here, he's just like, Did you know? Or actually, like he's, actually, he's got a lot well, of facts rolling around in that yeah, noggin, he, man. He just watches all Fun the Mythbusters, I guess. Facts with Kyle. And I am Aaron. I am your dungeon master for D&D Valiant Odyssey, and I'm here wrangling these cats. So my pirate accessory would be a net. No, my my accessory would be all of the treasure that ever existed. X marks the spot. Or a magic lamp. That's not piratey. It's not not (laughs) piratey. How many pirates do you know with a magic lamp? The crown killers maneuvered their forces around the Bay of Mediterranean hoping to draw Demos Tortuga into the city itself. <laughs>
where they would decimate him with their powerful enforcers. As the events of the day took place, they realized that this turtle was more than met the eye. He was not so easily fooled. He crushed the boats of the crown killers against the bay wall, destroyed half of their free army, and wrought havoc in the sea, whilst their arsenals lobbied shots from afar. Taking this opportunity, the crown killers decided to infiltrate the lair of Demos Tortuga while they had the chance. As you begin to run across the slick rock, the rain bellowing down upon you, the wind has picked up. You look across the bay and you can see Demos screaming and raving, waist deep in the depths of the ocean, purple arcana moving around him and lightning smashing the seas. You look towards the city of Mediterri where you have made your home and you can see small fires starting to erupt, burning despite the fact that the rain is pouring. You can see crabs and husks of different sorts of crustaceans moving around the bay itself as your freedom fighters start to do the best that they can with these poisoned ballistas manufactured by yourself. Making your way through, Drew, you're leading this venture having the best knowledge of where this entryway is, it being the escape you made from Demos the last time that you were here. As you make your way towards this rocky outcropping, you can see that there is a small gap that you need to traverse in order to actually make your way towards the entryway and as you do you're coming from an elevated position looking at this 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 entry that you can see into the rocky area below and it's visible to all of you because you can see almost like a faint blue arcana with these rippling water signals all across it almost as if there's something luminous below milo and his crew shadow steps straight across the gap they turn back around to look towards you guys as you make your way over This gap's about 15 feet. If you have a strength of 15 or more, like the score is 15, you can literally just jump it. Okay, cool. Malax just jumps it. And as he does, he lands straight next to Milo, who had used magic to get across. (laughs) What about with an acrobatics check? You can do that. Shavi will use his new tattoo. That's the uh, 17. Okay, so you jump from one side to the other, just sweet. And as you do, you do this illustrious flip billowing in the night. And it looks like, you know, that cover of Batman, Alan Moore, as he's jumping yeah. across the bit. That's what you look like. Yeah, you sick. Straight across. Uh, the lightning silhouetting you as you do. Shavi, as you jump over, your tattoo across your back flares and you can see the face silhouetted of Key just sort of envelop you. And then you appear right next to Milo. As he looks towards you, raises an eyebrow and says, that's familiar. The ability or the face? <laughs> he looks towards you, Drew, as everyone else does who's standing on the other side at this point. You can see they are backlit and silhouetted by the crack that seems to be beyond the escape point, if you will, that you had busted out of earlier in the week. I guess I I, I look upon everyone probably sweating a little bit, eyes very, very determined, and with everyone close, I said, this is the layer down below. We want to get in and out as quick as we can, see if we can find any of the, hopefully, a weapon that will help us against Delnak. Um, I've got hammer, rope, all that sort of stuff in in my backpack. What's the height from, like, I guess, if you're traversing down the the hole from, well, I've got the 50 feet of rope. Does anyone else have rope? I got 50. Yeah, I got 50. Okay, so heaps of rope. Okay, cool. Yeah. Heaps of rope. That's fine. Cool. So I guess we can sort of rappel down. That's fine. I've got a climber's kit too, so. And I'll also tell everyone that there is a lot going on in that cave, you know, in, in, in talking into the, the barnacle covered vines, the crabs, the portal looking thing. And I'll say, I think I have an idea about the portal. 
but let's try not to alert anyone or anything to our attention and I'll cast Pass Without Trace on everyone. Does that include Milo's crew? Yes. All right. How many people can you... Is it anyone within 30 feet? Anyone within 30 feet. All right, sweet. That's cool, hey? Yeah. So at that point, you can see this billowing energy coming from Drew. You all begin to get your ropes out from your packs and you watch as Milo's crew does also. You can see pythons being ejected and then starting to be hammered into the rock surface as the thunderous lightning occurs beyond. You've probably got, I'll say, four anchor points coming down, combining all your ropes together, and they're probably a foot or so apart, so four people can go down at a time and snake their way down to the bottom. You look at Milo, and Milo looks to you and says, I'll keep three of my men out, the best observers. They can scale the bay and make sure that they tell us when Demos returns to his lair. I dare say we won't have much time. Do you know what we're looking for? He looks towards Drew. A weapon. Fighting or going against Demos the first time I spent quite a bit of time in the library, scroll, learning languages, that sort of stuff. And with the crossover episode, how much will we know about the other god weapons and soul shards? Probably not much. Not much? Yeah, okay. especially being in Mediterranean, the <laughs> information you had access to is not pertaining to a individual who spent most of his time in Cadmia. Yep. Mm. However, the god weapons may be, but probably not. Yep. Yep. And that, that's fine. But I guess, I guess it was, you know, these weapons are obviously going to be like not like any other kind of weapon mm-hmm. yeah so that's something that i'll relate to everyone you do know that they'll definitely have a magical signature yep. that's unique yep any weapons of a magical nature definitely they will stand out a- apart from any other weapon before before we go down also hey who's carrying our bag of holding i've got it yeah yeah but can i uh can i roll a sleight of hand to try and take it off drew you could just ask me for it oh, okay i'll just drew can i uh hold on to the the uh, bag of holding no. for this trip? Of course you can. I'll give it to him. <laughs> Alright, sweet. It's just hanging off my belt. <laughs> okay. Alright, so the bag is strewn around Jasui's back. You can see these four uh, anchor points structurally placed in the rock and you can see Milo's men sort of uh, moved those around for you and you can see that he looks towards you in gestures that he, he will go first with his people. Darby's going to put his ring on of invisibility he's just gonna fall in and then like once he's close enough he'll just shadow step down so shavi free falls backwards or forwards absolutely backwards okay so yeah paint us a picture of what you're doing as you fall down into this space well he's invisible so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> shavi knows how cool it is but he will he will yeah stand backwards arms out in shape of like a cross and he is falling straight backwards uh, as he falls down into say a backwards dive he falls and ends up vertical he will poof of smoke and appear down to the shadowy areas of the lair into the mountain of coins you do so I'll say roll a stealth check as well please so we've got yeah we've got pass without trace so. no you're more than 30 feet away from Drew at this point but you do have advantage oh, within invisible. What I'll say is while you're down there by yourself right now, you don't have the plus 10, but as soon as Drew comes down, you will. Still 29. So you stealth your way down. You hear a single coin move from underneath your foot as if it's tinkering down part of the space. And you look around and you can hear the clicking of the limbs of the crabs as they're making their way across the rock. And they partially silence as they look in your direction, but then continue on their way. 
This it's place a, makes me pretty claustrophobic. It's at that point you watch as Milo's crew, you hear the zipping sound as if people are going straight down a, uh, a trim line. As they go down, you can see Milo descend and you see three of his men descend and then a sing- one, one more come as well, leaving three of Milo's assassins. And you can see they're wrapped in black, so you can't really see much of their features. But the three of them sort of look towards you and they move towards the, uh, the opening and station themselves across the bay to be a lookout. We're going down. Mardox is like halfway through sculling a beer. It's like, the skulls it and then follows them down. Love it. Can you three please roll stealth checks as you land? And I'll roll for the... Oh, yeah. That is a 28. Oh, um, well, actually, I'll say I'm always the one that I've been worried about the whole time. But what's your stealth? Plus, Plus 10. 10. 21. 24. Really low. For Only a 24. Yeah, 24. Yucky, yucky. Drew's more sneaky than you. Yeah. <laughs> so as the three of you drop down, you can see Milo's crew and himself starting to begin almost like a systematic fan out of this uh, space. And you watch as they begin to move, there's wisps of black smoke that come off of them, especially Milo. And you almost see that he's got this sort of phasing shift about him. You can't see Shavi, but you know that he is here somewhere as the rest of you seem to stealthily enter this space. You watch then as some of the barnacles around the edge of this space that seem to reside in the below the plateau that you're standing on sort of begin to writhe around almost as if they're sensing the vibrations through the air. You can see these tentacle-like beings just sort of shift and whip in erratic sort of fashion in this space. There are things in here that are trying to detect you. Um, I would like to obviously stay close to everyone so that I can, they can keep their sort of bonus to the stealth checks, but within 120 feet of the portal thing. So the plan is if kind of, and, I'm, and I want to try and pay really close attention to the guys above, if we get any kind of signal or there's any inkling that the tentacles or something knows we're there or Demos is on his way, I want to use erupting earth to just put as much earth, cave, everything and just try and crush the portal and just destroy it with like the cave and boulders and stuff. Okay. As you make your way towards the edge of this plateau and you look down the 80 to 100 feet into the water beyond, you do see the cave-in that had been caused by your seismic charges. You can see the rocks still sort of starting to settle in that space and you can see the blue vortex. Yeah, so basically the erupting earth is, choose a point, it's a 20-foot cube and it's a fountain of churned earth and stone erupt there. So that's kind of what I want to do to the portal if we see something so awry. Damn, was that a Kana? That is a 12. Okay, so as you look at this, you can see this vortex of blue energy that seems to be swirling down into a point. You've seen some different portals before, but this one seems to be extremely strong and concentrated. You get the feeling that this goes somewhere much further than just outside of this lair much further that scares the shit out of me same thing stands then <laughs> anything i'm definitely trying to destroy it before you do that i yeah, will I say don't want to. Mm-hmm. looking down there as well appearing uh with a 12 i'll say you do watch looking at it long enough to see a crab like pincer and limb eject from it and begin to claw its way out and then up the wall again back inside the cave yep okay so coming from outside somewhere into the cave coming from that Great. portal Yep. through it and into mm-hmm. where you are. Okay. Then, yeah, I think we definitely don't want to be going through that then. I'm happy to destroy it. 
Well, I'm going after Avery's leg, so I want to go get that. Javi's kind of your mind on the goal. He's probably already moved forward to look for it. Can what I can roll? We... Can I roll? Sorry, did I get the leg? You don't need to investigate for that. You know exactly where it is. Everybody else can roll investigation checks, looking for the most magical item that you can. Just sweet, like Aladdin, moving towards the lamp. Your arms are just around this this stump from the calf down. You can see some of the bone has begun to be exposed and the flesh is definitely like shrink wrapped around this leg that uh, sits inside a illustrious looking boot that seems to go all the way up to where the knee would have been. As you make your way towards it, do you pick it up? No. Okay. I, can I roll an arcana check on it? Sure can. As he's doing that and investigating, looking around this mummified leg, what did the rest of you get? Uh, shall we go 19? Six. No, I'll stick with my 12. So as you begin to investigate this space, taking care not to topple any of the treasure, which is hard because it is Marduk, you're just seeing gold. It all looks the same to you. Um, the second greatest thing that is colored gold in your eyes after beer. Uh, what, did, what did you get, Shavi? Eight. And 12. Okay, so you don't really find anything other than a sea of gold pieces, treasures. You see rubies. You see a couple of different ornate looking weapons, but they, they don't look magical. They look decorative. You also see like pieces of furniture that seem to be taken from the inside of ships that seem to be illustriously carved out of wood and Mardok sort of sees them too and is just drooling at this point. Maple. You do find what looks like a like a wand that seems to be silver in its make and it has this blue tip that you can definitely see is magical. Without a further check, you won't know if it's what you're looking for though. But stuck almost between some of the mounds of coins, you can see it just poking out. Uh, as we cut back to Jesui, as you look towards this leg, you look around the boot. You've seen magical boots before. The boots don't seem magical. The leg looks mummified. Seems to be just a leg. We're looking for a weapon, not a leg. I, I will say as well, Drew, because you mentioned it, roll a perception check um, to do with Milo and his crew. That's a 22. Okay, so looking around at Milo and his crew, you do actually see them pocketing things. Most of it seems to be gold that they're pocketing. You can see some rubies, some gems, some things like that. They all just seem to be bending down, showing each other shit, and then just putting it in their pockets as Milo seems to be looking for something extra. Can I start doing that? Pocketing shit? Yeah, just where I am, just like putting shit into the bag of holding. Right in front of the leg that you're not touching, right? Do I grab the leg or what? <laughs> <laughs> can I Can I gesture to Drew and call him over and go, my friend, should... Uh, should we take the leg as a souvenir? I'd say yes, so but if we find the weapon first. For this, I'll say, Drew, you were sort of searching by the the sort of cliffside that looks down off the plateau into the water because you were looking for the portal before. Just so you're very close to him. Mardox, you're towards the back with Shavi and Milo's crew is further in towards the back wall of the, the cabin. As you all look up, you can see the three heads sort of poke up into the cracked area looking down towards you, and then they just sort of disappear. So you know they're still there, sort of doing what they need to do. Javi's going to look at the wand. So you can roll an arcana check. We are reply to Jesui. And uh, yes, I'm very happy to take the leg, but I think we may need to try and see if we can find this weapon first and then grab the leg on the way out. Okay. And then we turn around again, go looking for weapons. Okay. As you do so, you, Javi, pick up this wand. And as you do, it sort of glows in your hand and the blue object on it sort of changes to this green. So you definitely know it's magical because a shift happened that was unnatural. What it does, you're not too sure. But it's in your hand and you're not harmed. He will pocket it. All right. He'll keep looking. Okay. Um, so you guys are continuing to look for weapon? Yep. All right. 
as you begin to search, you can see Milo sort of turn around in this space as everything seems to be looking for you. And he makes his way almost um, shadow step-like towards where you, Jasui, and Drew are. And he says, we need to hurry. We've spent too much time here already. Perception check. Investigation. Investigation. 20. Uh, that's a two. I'm going to burn my inspiration. That's another fucking two. So that's a six. Fuck. Investigation. Uh, 18. 17. Charlie's not too fast on staying near everyone either. So you watch as Milo poofs back to the end of the cavern and there's probably about 20 or so feet between your parties now. You can see him conversing with his own crew as you guys are conversing with yours. As you make your way around, so towards the left-hand side of the cavern, you can see this crab just sort of move over part of the treasure and it's quite big. And as it does so, it sort of sits onto the back of this uh, ruby felted chair and it makes its way up the wall. But as it does so, sitting behind that chair, you see this amazing looking staff that seems to have elven runes inscribed in the whole thing. You can see that it's got this goldish blue gems throughout and it's slowly pulsing. I uh, point the staff out to Drew and I say, will that be something you are interested in, my friend? Absolutely. We go over to the staff and take it. Who, who picks it up? Oh, my slave hand and all that sort of stuff's garbage. So I'm looking at you. Can I check for traps? You sure can, roll investigation. <laughs> You've learned, you're a rogue and you've learned. That's so good. I'm so proud of you. Is that an investigation? Six. There is no traps. <laughs> <laughs> None whatsoever. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck it. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, so I don't see any traps. I'm just sweet. I know what I'm about. So uh, I grab the fucking staff. Okay, as Jusui's hands slowly move around the shaft. <laughs> as you grasp around you feel the energy immediately surge through you as you lift it it's definitely magical you pull it out of this space and as you do you hold it in your hands you watch as the treasure around it seems to sit idly by you watch as the crabs around you lock eyes upon you and you give it straight to Drew and as you do nothing happens as you're holding it and you're looking over it you hear I'll say just sweet you do having known this sound you hear the unmistakable sound of crossbows being loaded. As you turn around, you can see Milo looking towards you, Drew. He's four men surrounding him, looking towards you. And Milo says, I believe that belongs to us. Don't you think we have bigger problems right now? If Shavi... Shavi's going to shadow step behind Milo and put a dagger at his throat. Ooh. Ooh. As you do that... I'm not attacking I'd also say, because we wouldn't know Shavi's there, I'd also say, like, we can work out who gets what once we're out and alive, right? This may not be what we are looking for. It is just a very shiny. Um, Milo will because he can feel the knife, but he'll hold his hands up and he says, Your friend has made a very dangerous move. I suggest, small one, if you don't want your friends to become full of holes, do you make your way into a space where we can see you? Two of the individuals that Milo seemed to be with pulls out these wooden blocks. Mardox, you recognize these straight away. They're from kegs. And as you look at these, you can see inscribed on these blocks seem to be the exploding rune that they had taken from the barrel. So two or three of the charges and barrels that you threw into the ocean were just barrels. And they're holding them there. They're holding the explosive runes. Fucking filthy little traitors. You watch as they take 10 feet 
step backwards. And you watch as the two directly adjacent from Milo hold up these cards. And he looks around and he says, I believe you know exactly what these can do. Tell your friend to step away or this place will be lit. Look at him say, the explosion, right? We have our ways. We will not be subject to the fires you will. As the four ropes behind you that you clawed on snake their way and get cut down. I put my knife against his neck harder. Okay. Say, tell him to stop. Roll a perception check. That twenty. Oh, oh yeah, boy! You do put the knife next to Milo's neck. The rest of your party watch as the four individuals that Milo is with, two of them make their way or attempt to make their way behind Milo. As if getting signaled mentally from some signal you're not too sure of. The two holding the boards still by his side. Shavi, with your sharp reflexes, you hear a coin shift behind you. You immediately look around and you can see these two individuals making their way are trying to get the jump on you and sneak up on you while your attention is drawn. They don't know that you can see them. They're slowly trying to move towards Milo and you guys sort of not knowing exactly where Shavi is wouldn't be triggered by them moving into that position. So they're all pretty close together now. Ropes are cut. Yep. All right. I'm going to do it. I was going to say, I want to cast Entangle as well because I don't know where Shavi is. I want to cast Entangle on all of them. You're going to regret this. And And as you do, vines begin to erupt from the ground, but before they do... He will be, yes, roll, roll whatever you need to roll. He's going to be a surprised assassin. Oh, you're cetera, the cetera. best. So as that happens, this this is what's going to go down. Shavi's going to get his shit off. Then we'll roll for the entangle to see if any of them are entangled. And then we'll roll initiative. That's going to hit. Okay, so just to be clear, as you attack, your blade erupts into your hands. As they do so, you become visible to your friends, and that's what triggers Drew to cast his spell. You move your knife directly across the throat of Milo, and as you do, you can watch this infused energy of magic and arcana seep from the blade and into Milo's body. You remember Annie as she was inscribing this tattoo on you, and you can see this staggering smite just enter his body as you do so. Roll your damage as you hit him. 89 damage. and. A wisdom saving throw. Uh, he gets a natural 16, so he will survive the wisdom save, but he takes a massive blow of damage. As he does, you watch as he holds his throat and his voice seems to change as he does um, because his vocal cords have been absolutely saved. And he says, <gasps> attack them. What's the matter? Cat got your tongue. And then we've got the entangle. Okay, so saving throw for the um, entrapped people. Milo gets a 14. That one will be a fucking two. Next one, an 18, so he will succeed. Uh, that is going to fail. And that one will succeed. So two two are not entangled. Shavi, your blade moves across Milo's throat, the damage being done. Measure below, it erupts, and as it does so, it catches Milo and two of his assassin brethren within. However, Shavi, you are also within this space, but have avoided the entanglement. As you do so, you look at these two assassins that seem to be assessing the situation and it becomes your turn. Immediately as the spell of entangle erupts, however, Jesui, Mardox, and the rest of you also feel the pass without a trace upon you fall as concentration is lost and the barnacles and crabs around you move to look at this space that seems to be in the middle. What would you like to do? Mr. Shavi, as you have first initiative. Shavi's going to 
get right up close to him again. He's going to say, Miley, don't make me do it again. He says, you have made a big mistake today. You had the potential to join us, be one of us, to complete your goal of destroying Delnak, but you chose to stick with these fools. You are pointing your blade at the wrong person. These fools just so happen to be the strongest people I know. And he's going to dab him straight in the chest. Going to jab him in the jibby. All right, you may roll your attack with advantage as he is restrained. Advantage gives you sneak attack, but not surprise. 27 is going to hit. 31 damage, sir. As you stab him through the chest, the rest of you see this blade eject from the back of his chest from where Shavi is standing. Um, yeah, Shavi is just going to say, uh, I warned you. And he will use his bonus action. bonus action sorry, to shadow step away and get next to the boys, if possible, if there's shadows there. There is definitely shadows there. Um, so moving yourself away, you are able to get anywhere next to them that you would like to be. In amongst the boys. All right, so you're standing there in the middle where I've left you. At that, it becomes Milo's turn. Milo will use his bonus action to shadow step out of this too. So as he shadow steps, he shadow steps 30 feet away from you all and 30 feet out of the entangle. As he does so, you hear him say, Kill them. Take the staff. Leave none alive. Um, His throat seems to be extremely eviscerated, um, almost to the point of death. Um, He'll take his crossbow out. And as he does, uh, he's going to shoot you, Shavi. Because you're within 50 feet, which is crossbow range. He will get one of these um, short bow attacks. You need to make a constitution saving throw if he hits. Uh, He'll get an 18. Okay, so you need to make a con save, please. You've got to beat 15 constitution. Well, no, I've got a fourth. Okay. You take 16 points of poison damage. Mr. I don't use poison. Ah, Who's the new butcher cat? I always knew you were. (laughs) Don't trust me at my word. Fucking love that so much. As the bolt hits you directly into the chest. I'll just use my reaction for um, uncanny. Uncanny dodge. Yep, you have that. Uh, I'll say you sort of duck out of the way, and as you duck out of the way, you deflect the missile, and it skims across just sweet. Can you please roll? A c- I'm joking. Motherfucker! <laughs> so what Milo will do then is he will use his bonus action to wheel around. He's going to use a dash to get across the other side of the treasure mound and get some cover. He he doesn't take the hide action, but he is hiding behind some rocks at that point, uh, looking above, and he seems to be barking some signals up above at that point and you do see three heads sort of poke up above and you can see the ropes had been severed as well so you you wonder how he's going to get out so at that point it brings us to the assassin's turn they got a 22 oh actually what's your dex score just we like your actual number for your dex 18 you go before them All you roll the same thing so looking at this just we you see Shavi appear in front of you he just deflects this blade of the crossbow released by Milo after stabbing him twice him looking extremely rough as you look around you, you can see the crabs begin to claw their way down the walls and the barnacle tongues begin to make their way towards this space. They don't seem to be picky about who they're going for. It seems closest to will be who they attack. Do I have a shot on Nesquik? I'll say that he has two points of AC cover. You don't know yet. So he'll have some soft cover. All right. Thematically, you can see him um, sort of bopping as he's giving commands uh, above, you can see him moving between the stones and the gold. All right, I'll take I'll take a shot at uh, twenty five. That's a hit. that's a hit. So twenty five, and then I'm gonna dump fucking ten. Do I overkill this and make sure of it? 
40 pretty solidly in the shoulder as he's flitting from rock to rock. He gets thrown back and there's a nice little pink. Uh, you take a second shot, Jusui. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, closest to my south, uh, there's a crab crawling down the wall. So I uh, pivot and uh, fire off another attack into him. Fantastic. For a 23. Hit. And that is... Uh, so that'll be six, uh, 10 points of damage. And then... Uh, you blow off half of his shell and two of his legs as he smashes against the side of the wall. These pistols that you're using seem to be quite effective against them. And then I'll spin again and aim at the yeah the the one to the northeast. I'll get you to roll a perception check. 23. Okay, so with a 23, he is restrained, but held in his hand, you can still see the rune of explosive. Oh, shoot that. Lord. Yeah, I'm going to shoot at that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a 20. Dirty. Uh, that'll hit it. Yeah. Any any amount of damage will activate the rune. So as you do, you watch as this rune completely snaps in half, being held by his hand. You crack shot it, and as you do, the explosion just emanates completely out in a 20-foot radius, essentially casting fireball on this space. Okay, can I use my second attack on that action surge to hit it? You can try, yeah. I'm not just trying. That's a 29, bro. <laughs> So both of them will oh, set Oh, this off. is fun. Look at the big fireball there. Fire. Mm. Fire. Kaboom. Jusui, as you take your action surge, you swing around seeing the assassins that were holding up the cards of fired energy as you unload two rounds from your crown killer pistols at the same time, FBI agent style. You watch as the boards completely erupt. They crackle into flame and there's almost like this vacuum of light until finally they explode one after the other concussively engulfing the four individuals with Milo and engulfing the entire entangled spell also. 58 points of damage. Yes. Get him each. Yeah, baby. They all take 58 points of damage. They're not dead. Okay, so the fire erupts. You watch as they're completely burnt. And then I'm going to take my bonus action, which I haven't taken, uh, to, and I can use it to hide. And that's sort of what I'm thinking of doing. So I'm going to... As you begin to run in a westerly direction, you slide into cover behind the rock that houses the leg of Avery Morgan. You can use your bonus action to hide. Roll your stealth. It's turned on me. That'll be a 11. All right, the assassin's turn. Drew, you're still holding the staff, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I guess so, yep. Okay, so the two that are restrained are going to shadow step out of their restraints and land directly in front of Drew. And as they get there, they are both going to use their uh, attacks eee! to attempt to bring him down. Okay, so you're about to take four attacks. Oh my god. Against the first, there is a 23. Oof, that'll hit. And it's a massive. 18. Uh, the first one will hit. Okay, and then the second one with its two attacks will be a, oof, that's a 24. And a, that'll miss, uh, 16. Cool, two. Okay, so you need to make two constitution saving throws for me. Damn, a 12 and a nine. Fuck. Okay, so two fails. That means you take full poison damage. Oh no. Oh, he's dirty poison boys. Altogether, you take 66 points oh of damage. Oh my God. As the 66 points of damage enters your frame, you have a knife in the top of your shoulder and one into your stomach that actually turns and you start to feel the poison seep through you. As you do so, you watch as one of them through burnt lips says, The staff! 
and he's holding out a shaking, blistered mm. hand. That nearly killed me. <laughs> and there's two more to go. One of them will move 20 feet to your south and shoot you with a crossbow bolt. Oh, that's dog shit. That's going to be a 16, which misses you. That misses, yeah. Yep. You watch as the assassin that was behind the entangle begins moving further to the east, and as he gets within 20 feet of you, Drew, he almost activates a dash action with his bonus to get a little bit closer. So he has 15 feet of movement left, and he will shoot over Sharvi to try and hit you. Oh, good. This might kill me. Okay. 17 plus 6, 23. That will hit. All right. Uh, roll a constitution saving throw, please. Oh, God. We're going to use this one. What does that say? That's a 17. Okay, so you take half Ooh. the amount of poison damage. Might still kill me. Do you want to roll 7d6 for poison damage? Oh, half my it? God. That's definitely going to kill me. Uh, 23, 26, halved to 13. 13? Yeah, I'm down. You're wearily standing there holding the staff. You look next to you to see Drew, who's taken two pincushion stabs, missed the last bolt, but as you look towards uh, Shavi and Shavi looks up, you can see just wearily still on fire, leaning against a treasure chest, this last bolt eject from this assassin's bow hits Drew directly into the heart. And as it does, you watch as he hits, takes a knee, and you then watch as he looks around to all of you, a single tear moving down his eye, and he falls down into the gold. The staff laying in his hand. Assassin to the south that missed his shot will use his bonus action to dash and land uh, just to the side of Drew's body. He does not have an action to pick up the staff or anything yet. So that's his turn. That brings us to the crab's turn. The first crab going to make his way up to try and attack Shavi. The next one is going to make his way uh, from the northernmost section is crawling to try and find the assassin. The one to the most north is going to try and move 30 feet towards Milo and he doesn't quite get there. And you can see one that seems to be in the southwestern corner make his way towards Milo as well. All right, so let's roll the crab next to Milo first. Do you guys want to roll that? Uh, he rolls a d20 and you can plus three to the attack. 19. That'll hit. Roll damage, d6 plus one. Four. Okay, so the crab bites him with a nipper. And as he does so, he's going to try and, because the crabs have grapple, uh, he will not be grappled. The one against Mardox is going to be a 17. Uh, that's equal. So that'll hit. And the one against Shavi will be a... 11. Okay, so Mardox, you need to roll a strength saving throw to avoid a grapple. You got to beat an 11. It's 13. Okay, so Hooray. you succeed. You take six points of damage. You are not grappled. Do you want to roll one against the assassin above, Drew? Oh, yeah, sure. Yep, roll a d20. Plus three to what you get. 14. Okay, so he succeeds the grapple. You do not hit the assassin. So the crab uh, is dodged in that manner. So these crabs begin to make their way towards anyone that is close to them. It's at that point we get to Mardox's turn. You've seen Drew fall. So Mardox is like, Bruce! And just flies into a fucking absolute rage. Puts his, you know, ill-gotten goblet down. And um, he's going to have a, he's going to have a chippy chap, chippy chop. Maybe on the bloke standing over. Yeah, the one that's about to grab the, um, the staff. How are you going to get there? Yeah, you, you're not within five feet. You're within 10 feet you'd and you're move, locked in by crabs. You'll take damage from them because they'll like, get an attack of opportunity. Oh, yeah, just smash the crabs. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm going to smash the there's one, there's one that's actually pinching me in the anus, so yeah. I'm going to smash that one. Okay, so with your first attack, roll it against that, please. 16 plus 
that'll, that's already hit. Yep. So roll your damage. Great axe. So that'll be a... Okay. And so that's a 15. Uh, that'll kill it. Yeah. You turn it into chowder. Chowder. Crabby Patty. All right. Crabby behind me. It t- sounds like that's what I'm doing. That's a 14. Plus 8. Plus 22. Thank quick maths. Yeah. It's 11 plus 8 is 19. That'll hit and that will kill as well. Okay. So with two attacks done, your bonus action to rage, you have movement left. So Mardux, you take a defensive and protective stance against your newfound friend, Bruce. <laughs> As you can see, these three assassins, you move directly into these burned assassins' view, uh, having done so. That then brings us to the barnacles' turn. So the two barnacles that seem to be to your northeast and your south begin to move their tentacled tongue towards two of the assassins that seem to be assailing you, one that is engaged with the crab above and the other that seems to be engaged with um, Mardox. The first will go for his attack. That is going to hit. And as it does so, you watch as this tongue wraps around and just restrains the creature as it sits there. It doesn't seem to do damage, but he cannot move. It's at that point as well. The second will go for his attack against the assassin fighting the crab. That will miss, unfortunately. So the tendril moves across and the assassin just slaps it out of the way. The other one will move its incredible movement speed of 10 feet towards Milo. Next up, we have Drew Ede. Drew, you watch as these ballistas of attacks hit you, the poison seeping through your body. Your eyes go black, gripping this staff as best you can. You fall down, feel the cold coins across your back. Roll a death save for me, please. First death save. That is a... That's a seven. Okay, so that's one failure. Mark that off. You hear your mother's voice in your ear when you were a young child running through the forest. You're transferred it away from this place and you can see yourself surrounded by all these animals in a more comfortable zone. You feel peace. Um, Shavi, your turn. He sees Drew go down and like in amongst all the thoughts and everything that's going in his mind, he sees Milo down, he sees all the assassins coming around. He's He wants the weapon and he wants to do Delnak, but... Drew sort of comes first, so he's going to go to Drew and he's going to... It's an action to feed a potion, correct? Yes, yes to so another. He will feed a potion to Drew. So you can feed him a potion as you do so, uh, pouring the liquid into his mouth. You can roll 2d4 plus 2. Yep, so you get 9 HP back, Drew, and you awaken. You're transported back from this forested area. Looking around, you can see directly up Mardox's pants. The Shavi's going to feed the potion to Drew, and as he does, he says, I know it's not Drew's brew, but here's Shavi's <laughs> sharp shot. Ooh. Very nice. good. Very and it's nice. like this much because it's shorter. And so using his action, he will use his bonus action to hide. Okay, so you will have to find somewhere to hide first because you're around these assassins. You can't just hide while you're out in front of them. Yeah, so Shavi's going to back off into the deep dark corner to the southeast, mm-hmm. into the shadows and things and hide in there potentially. Okay, you'll get a tax of opportunity, 19. That beats it, yeah. Roll a constitution saving throw for me to avoid poison. Uh, DC 15. 14 plus 1. So it meets. Meets it, beats it. Good shit. Okay, so you you will take half. Do you want to roll 7 D6 of poison damage, please? And then add 4 to whatever you get. So 18, half to 9, plus 4, 13. And I'll react and halve that again. Where's my uncanny dodge, please? Yes, because it's your turn. You have your reaction. So you can halve that from 13 to 6. You take 6 points of damage from the blow. And as that does hit you and you move away into the shadows, roll your stealth check for me. 32. All right. That brings us then to Milo's turn. Milo will look up 
and you watch as he yells, Get me out. And it's at that point, he will shadow step 30 feet up the wall and then use 20 feet of his climbing speed to get 50 feet off the ground and is on the wall like a fucking cat that's been sprayed by water. So he's 30 feet off of the the gap that you entered, but he's hanging onto the wall there using his climbing speed to do so. He will then use his bonus action to dash, because he's using climbing speed, the 20 feet up, which means that he will be 10 foot off the crack, holding out his arm for his allies to grab him. He's hanging there. He seems to be away from all of the enemies, but he is almost at his escape point. Just sweet. You're up. Can I use a bonus action to swap to my rifle? Yes. And he's within 200 feet, right? Absolutely. Yeah, fuck yeah, he is. Say goodnight. Alrighty. I'll say thematically, you go to clock him with your pistols, but you know that he's out of the pistols range. It's at that moment you 16. flick them around, push them into your sides, pull out the bad news rifle and look into the sights. You calibrate it. And as you do so, you fire. It echoes through this chamber. Roll your damage. 22. And then you can target a second creature and 1d6 of necrotic damage at one of the dudes at the top, which will be five. Okay. So this is what happens. As you fire, you're calibrating your rifle, leaning it on the cross point of the leg of Avery Morgan. (laughs) You take your shot as Milo jumps off of the wall, almost flips upon himself, turns around and goes to grasp the hand of his ally. As the bullet hits him directly into the chest, explodes and as it does so pushes him back his ally attempts to monkey chain his hand but as he does the wails from the grave skips from the bullet moves into his hand and retorts him just enough for milo to miss and swipe the air as he falls hans gruber style (laughs) he smashes into the rocks below and you watch as the crabs around him just make fucking mints of him yippee ki motherfucker it's at that point you realize Milo is no more. He seems to be dead, killed right. by Je suis Undu. And then I grab the leg and chuck it into the bag. <laughs> oh! What have you done? All right, as you grab the leg, you take it. As you turn it upside down to put it into the bag of holding, you hear this ding, 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 ding. As you look upon the floor, you can see a rod about a foot long that seems to have these arcane engravings in it that stylize like the waves. Looking at it, you can see that it is glowing, this epic blue color. I pick it up. That's the weapon. As you look at it and you pick it up, your eyes are immediately shot. A vision of underwater spaces. You can see sharks moving across this area. You can see uh, tendrils of octopi moving through this space as well. And then you see these two flashing yellow eyes just illuminate the space that seems to silhouette a large godlike face that seems to be looking upon you as the mouth of this thing opens, swallows you, you... You wake up and you can see that your entire body is completely drenched with water as you hold this staff of the ocean that seems to be in the form of a rod in your hand. The leg you toss over The fucking leg. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking leg. You got the staff. You got the weapon. The leg you toss over your shoulder and you hear it just plop into the ocean below as this rod that seemed to have been hidden in the boot of Avery Morgan is in your grasp. I cannot believe the fucking leg was something. Fuck the leg. What can I do with this rod? Uh, You have to attune to it first. That goes into the bag, obviously. So I'm going to 
spin before moving. I'm going to spin around and shoot. The crab will also be in the explodey shot, actually. So, yeah, we'll uh, shoot for that. 22. Hit. Uh, everything within five, five uh, foot of the target must make a dexterity saving throw. So there should be three and then four. Oh, that is a fail. So they all take 1d8 of fire damage. So I'll roll that right. Eight. And then the main target, which was this dude, he takes 2d12 plus four. He takes uh, 15. Sweet. So the dude in the middle of it actually dies. Yeah. So the, uh, the round enters at the base of his neck and then explodes and his head goes flying like upwards just upwards just like totally surprised like Mm -hmm. and and goes flying and hit actually hits the barnacle over to the west just like and the barnacle's like what the fuck gobbles (laughs) it right up yeah yeah yeah. it's at that point just sweet it becomes these assassins turn Uh, i'm uh, sorry i move uh behind there's a treasure treasure and hide yeah yeah the staff is picked up by one of the assassins so the assassin will pick it up and immediately shadow step 30 feet away. So everyone thinks that's the... As he does that, he will attempt to use his bonus action to run uh, 15 feet because of the difficult terrain. And he will use his action to dash an additional 15 feet towards the exit. He's running away with the stuff that he thinks is the fucking real deal. The one that's facing the crab up the top is going to use his bonus action to disengage and he's going to move southward to engage Mardox and Drew, who is on the ground, which means there is two now engaged with Mardox. They seem to be covering the escape of their ally. Okay, roll a deception check to see if they can tell that you're alive. Me? Yep. Uh, Okay. As you look towards these two individuals, you flash to a moment in the future and you can see that you go through all the solutions and you can tell that every single solution other than feigning your own death, like your old possum pal used to in the forest, will result in you being a pin cushion. So you lay there. And as you do, you poke your tongue out the side of your cheek. You exude the smelliest stunk-like odor that you can. And you can see that the two assassins standing above you go to stab you and then they notice that you're probably too far gone. First two attacks on you, Mardox. 15 is for one. Yes. And the other one is a 18. And then the second one with his two attacks is going to be a 16 and a 18 again. Yeah, one hit. Okay, so two hits total. You have to make a DC constitution save of 15. 17. But I also have a plus one on saves for my cool ring. That's for your first save, which you succeed on. You take half damage for the first attack. And the second attack for the poison, you need to roll a constitution save again. Okay, sweet. So you take half points of damage. 33 points of damage, half. Yep, to 16. And then for the second one, you take uh, 24, half to 12 damage. From both attacks. Uh, They will also get their sneak attack damage because they are within sneak attack range. So sneak attack damage upon that will also be halved because it's part of their weapon damage. 26 points of damage halved to 13 for the sneak attack. So they just seem to be making a pin cushion out of you, Mardox, covering the fleeing ally that they appear to be moving through the crack above. Crab boys go next. Uh, The first crab that was assailing the assassin will move downward and start to engage with you, Mardox. Uh, the two crabs that were feeding on Milo, all right, they go toward the uh, assassin that seems to be leaving. You look above and see the three assassins poking their head in through the crack. They see Milo had fallen. They look down towards their escaping ally, 
You watch as one of them will drop a rope and hold it, so there is an escape route, and you watch as a second one holds a fiery rune and throws it down toward the barnacle that's closest to try and free an ally, uh, and that thing will take some damage, which I'll roll later, and you will watch as the second one will also throw a second one down to try and destroy the crabs and barnacles that are stopping the assailants from going. Just swear you're the closest, so roll a perception check for me, please. That'll be a 25. Okay, so you can see that two of these runic squares of timber have been thrown. They appear to have one left in their hands. Uh, the crabs will immediately die because no matter what I roll, they're going to die. Does he have to... Because they blew him up, does he have to roll? No, because I can position the shot yeah, to include gotcha. them and not yeah. him. Yeah, and they gotcha. would have done that too. Mardox's turn. So good. Um, well, Mardox is going to go straight into Frenzy. He's just like, he doesn't know Bruce has been revived yet because he's got his butthole to him. And he's just like, frothing in the mouth, just still like... <sighs> and uh, just fucking absolutely fuming. And he's, um, in his words, he's going fucking Burko. <laughs> And then he's going to um, start whacking. So if you uh, you can attack the weakest one, and if you kill it with your damage, we'll move to the second. Sure, the let's second do that. It's a sixteen um, plus twenty six is going to hit. So roll your damage. Nine. Uh, nine points of damage. He's yep. still alive, only just. Hit him again. This is the chop phase of the chip chop. All right, that's a seventeen plus whatever we said. Roll your damage. That's a bit better. So that's nine with eight. That's seventeen. How do you kill this bastard? He the first. First chop, sort of just glancing off him, you know, taking like a big divot sort of out of his chest, but not enough. And he looks at the other assassin, says, ever seen a head on a fucking stick? And he swings over his head, coming in sideways and lodges this axe into this assassin's lower back, like lumbar region L1, L2, somewhere there, completely severing his spine and probably some of his bowels behind that. Old mate just sinks to the floor, like in that weird... W sit that like the weird kids do at school and sinks down and then as he's like sort of falling backwards Maddox just spits in his face and says that's for my that's for fucking Bruce alright so at that he dies at that you look around the space you can see there seems to be very few crabs left but Drew you probably taking the most notice of nature in your silent performance of, of undeath you hear this scuttling happening from below and you know more are potentially coming through this aqueous portal. But beyond that, you hear something extra. You start to hear the sound of rock crashing on rock as if something is burrowing, tunneling, oh, no. moving large pieces of stone through this space. You know it is only a matter of time before Demos returns, now having known that you have entered his lair. That's it for this week's episode of D&D Valiant Odyssey. We want to thank you guys for tuning in as always. And we want to mention to you that our Discord is available for anybody who wants to join. It's absolutely free. It's the best place where you can go to get updates on the D&D Valiant Odyssey network. You can play in some community games as well as participate in watch parties. You can chat with some like-minded TT RPG fans and you can even get some recommendations for some new shows, movies, TV shows that may interest you. Now, it's because of you guys that are listening that we get to do the thing that we absolutely love. 
So go ahead, go tell a friend about D&D Valiant Odyssey. Enjoy the podcast together. It's word of mouth that really helps podcasts like ours grow and reach a wider audience of people that love Dungeons and Dragons. Speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, there are so many amazing creators in this space. There are so many podcasts for Dungeons and Dragons, so we are so thankful that you have chosen ours. And if you are going to go and check out one of those amazing people and their wondrous creations, just go and tell them that uh, the guys from Valiant Odyssey sent you. That's it for me. And as always, be valiant. Be valiant.